Hey everyone, it's Kira from Raising Adults Podcast. I wanted to hop on here and let you know that the episode you're about to hear was actually recorded six days ago. Now, normally, six days isn't a very long time and not much happens, but as we all know, a lot has happened in the past six days. The episode you're about to hear is a very honest and raw conversation between Dina and I. We are actually not in the same place anymore right now, so we are recording remotely. That affects a couple of things. One, the audio quality. Uh, Everything in the laundry room still sounds the same, but patching Dina in means that her audio quality just isn't quite up to the normal standards that we like to give you all. And then the other thing it means is that we're not together because we're dealing with some crazy stuff. And six days ago, when we recorded this episode, uh, my school was the first district to shut down, and Dina's children's school shut down shortly thereafter. And at that time, we were really some of the only people in the state dealing with school closures. Now, I'm willing to bet almost all of you listening are either in the midst of school closure or aware that it's coming. So we just want to acknowledge that some of the stuff you hear is unfortunately outdated by six days, and we hope that you'll enjoy the episode anyway. We also want to let you know that we are 100% committed to continuing to bring you content for a few reasons. One, your parenthood is about to get harder. Having kids at home is just simply not the same as sending them off to school every day, and we're aware that for a lot of you, this is going to be an extremely challenging time. So we want to make sure that we continue to support you and try and talk about some of the things that might be coming up as the whole world deals with this crisis. But we also don't want to make it too focused on coronavirus and make sure that we're still talking about stuff that matters no matter what you're dealing with. We're really committed to bringing you this as well because we know it's important to feel connected and this is partly how we feel connected to you FFPs and how you FFPs can still continue to feel connected to us. We really want to let you know, please reach out. If you have questions or you just need to let us know you're pulling your hair out, we want to hear from you. We really, truly care about all of our listeners. We're so grateful that you tune in every week, and we really want to keep that going for as long as we possibly can. So please forgive us and bear with us with some of the changes that are about to take place. We're hoping that they're short-term, and we really want all of you to know that we're wishing you health and wellness and safety, and we just hope that everybody can be kind and compassionate and loving to one another at this very, very unusual time. So enjoy the episode, uh, forgive the outdated parts, and uh, thanks for listening. What happens when two parent coaches, one a Christian and the other an agnostic Jew, sit down to talk about parenting? They take their listeners from surviving to thriving. I'm Dina Thayer. And I'm Kira Dorian. Welcome to Raising Adults, a podcast brought to you by Future Focused Parenting. Hi, everyone. It is really something today. Kira and Dina here. We are, well, I am not in the laundry room. I can speak for myself. We are not together right now. And that's actually what we're going to talk about today. So if you are new to tuning into the Raising Adults podcast, we first, we want to welcome you. But second, we want to let you know this is an anomaly. And this is not normally how this goes. But we are in a really unique situation right now. So Kira and I are recording remotely. We are not in the same room, but we found that it was really important to both of us to keep bringing all of you FFPs content during the wild thing that is existing. So Kira, tell us a a little bit, like give our listeners a sense of exactly what is going on. Well, 
I am in my laundry room, as per usual. It's not quite as warm and toasty in here because you're not snuggled next to me. Right. <laughs> Very lonely. Um, downstairs, my husband is working from home. My children are online schooling. Our district, if you, if you watch the news, you may recall there was a school district in Washington that decided to shut down. That was mine. And um, so they have, I have to give them some credit. Like they threw this together pretty quickly and pretty impressively. And all the other districts are really not as prepared as our district was. Um, but it is bananas to suddenly go online with two eight-year-olds Luckily, they read. Um, I have friends who have like a second grader and a kindergartner, oh. and they're literally like bouncing between computers, you know, like, okay, what is what do you have to do now? What does your assignment say? Oh, Matt, M-A-T, push that button. I mean, it is wild. So my children are downstairs. My husband is working from home. And my father, who lives with us, is quite literally shut up in his like mother-in-law unit downstairs. <laughs> like, <laughs> Not he not leaving his apartment at all um, because he's in the most vulnerable group of people. And of course, children are little germy things. So it, he FaceTimes with them every day from downstairs. Oh <laughs> um, I mean, like bananas does not even begin to describe what's happening in my house right now. Yeah, it that's that word is not sufficient, but we're going to go with it because it really beats some of the other things we may be tempted to say right now. Yeah, there's been a lot of swearing on the outside. I'm <laughs> not going to lie. Not, not at my children, mind you. But oh, boy, just oh, at boy. the situation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And there's been a lot of that. I've been trying to tell them, like, they can just see how frustrated I am. And, you know, because it's a massive learning curve for us as well. Sure. And, you know, not everyone has flexible work. I'm really lucky that you and I can kind of like crowbar in our work around our lives if we have to. It's not ideal, but we can. Um, but not everyone does. And so it is full time homeschooling. I mean, the teachers give the assignments, but then you have to make sure they're implementing them. And this is how you submit it. And they're on all these different platforms. So it's like science is on this platform over here and typing is over here and math is over there. And it's so much. So I, I just like my whole community is underwater right now emotionally. I mean, mm -hmm. the Facebook feed is something to behold. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, it's really, it's really, I, I don't know. I I think I, I get to this point where we almost don't know whether to laugh or cry, but I have to give Kira some compliments here, listeners, because <laughs> the last couple days that we have spoken by phone to just strategize all of this. I mean, we're also learning a new platform to be able to podcast remotely and all of this. And she has been so gracious to start the call right out of the gate. Just so you know, I'm grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> And if I say something that sounds snarky, it's not directed at you. <laughs> and so I've just really appreciated that. To be fair, like it, it's almost hard for me to imagine Kira sounding grumpy as it probably is to most of you listeners. But uh, I, I just have appreciated the heads up and the disclaimer, <laughs> but it mostly has not been necessary. But I just love that she's like, in advance, just know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm cranky. I am on my last, you know, whatever that is, like my last nerve, my last thread, like all my lasts. I'm on all the lasts of everything. Um, yeah, because it's 
bananas. It's absolutely, I have never, it's, it's, it's fascinating because I have lived through some pretty major things in my life. Like I was in New York City on 9-11. I was in London for the 7-7 bombings. Like I've been through some pretty big crisis catastrophe situations and they're all really different in their own way. And the common thread between all of them, I will say, which is really heartening is community. In all of these situations, I have just watched community come together and really rise up to take care of each other. And that's been really great. And this is the same. But I have never experienced anything quite like this before. It It is wild. I think that's fair. And I think that's why we wanted to talk about it today, because you as FFPs are going to eventually find yourself in some kind of survival mode, which we did a whole episode on a while back. And it is important to talk through like when life looks totally upside down, what do you do? How do you still salvage maybe some threads of normalcy and some pieces of the future focused elements and the parenting on the same page elements and and how do you do that so we wanted to make sure to talk about it because we're literally in the midst of it right now well and you your mark school just closed right so you're yeah you're, you're about to enjoy the joys of my life i'm about to enjoy <laughs> it and what was interesting is we just found out yesterday and so our School will be closing for the rest of this week and all of next week. And we were already off on Monday for a teacher in service. So essentially all told, it will mean two weeks. So what's fascinating is our school is, and I and I don't even say this negatively, it's just the facts of being a really tiny private school. We're just not at the level to just launch online schooling. Right, right. So so the 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 tech isn't necessarily there. I think there'll be some online supplementation, but it's not this school-wide situation. What that means is there is a really it's it's a twofold impact and it's really challenging in its own way. And that is first of all a huge onus on the teachers. They're actually at school today and tomorrow prepping all the materials for the students. Wow. And so our school at home, which is what they're calling it, will start on Thursday and we're coming to you on a Tuesday right now. Um And so that's a huge thing for the teachers to do prep work for a a week and two days worth of work to to not only, I mean, granted, they've got lesson plans and whatever, but now they're having to disseminate things that they may have just talked about in class. And now it has to go to the student. And plus for these secondary students, which my son is one of them, they have six teachers. So it isn't just one one teacher preparing all the subjects. It's each teacher trying to coordinate with each other. We actually got a PDF document today saying, here is the time allotment you should expect for each subject. And here are the different due date assignments. And because we don't have this necessary, necessarily online capability, some things can be turned in via email, but not all. So here's where it's also challenging for the families is that we have to go A, pick up our materials, And they are going to have the school open for two hours on Wednesday and eight hours on Thursday to go get everything. And then for the secondary school, those those seventh through 12th graders, they have due date windows and there's going to be a table set up for each teacher at the school and everything from, I think, Thursday, Friday, Monday and Tuesday, we have to go to the school and turn in on Wednesday and put it on the table for each teacher. And then everything for next Wednesday and Thursday, we have to go to the school, turn it in on Friday. (laughs) Yeah. And then everything for Friday, they're hoping we'll get to turn in on the 23rd when we hope we'll be back to school. But I'm not holding my breath. So I was just going to say, like, (laughs) We we can we just be honest? Like we're not going back to school anytime soon. Right? I've never, I mean, I've just never seen the likes of it. And and I will I will out 
our our family that we had to do school at home during snowmageddon last year. We had this weird thing in Washington State where the snow actually didn't fall and then melt in three hours. Like it hung around for a long time. And he really disliked it. And he's okay with me sharing that. We talked about it today, but he's not a fan. He's like, this is so much worse than homework because it's not just a couple hours. It's like seven hours, (laughs) you know? It's so intense if they're not used to being in front of a screen all day, which especially for parents like you and I that are like, we like (sighs) to limit screen time. I mean, my my little... Ti- the little tiny eyes that are like pouring mm, into the screen all that's day a really long. Good it drives point. me crazy. Oh, I, maybe I, I should so- be glad for not all online then. <laughs> that's a great point. <laughs> I have so many friends that are like, bring back the snow. I miss snowmageddon. I would take <sighs> snowmageddon over this any day. <laughs> because the thing is, it's true. Like, I don't, I'm going to be honest. I don't think we're going back. I don't think we're going back before spring break. I really don't. And I'm sorry for listeners that if I made you cry, <laughs> but I'm being future focused. I'm, I'm being proactive and I'm telling you, I don't think we're going back. So it is insane. And then I feel for like, like you said, the teachers, right? This is so much on them. Absolutely. And it's not like these teachers were like, you know what I really want to do is teach online school. Like none of these teachers signed up for this. And and our staff is, I've just been blown away by the North Shore School District, truly. And Dr. Reed, I applaud you for being the first to acknowledge that this was the smart thing to do. I think it's, I know people disagree with that, but I think she's a genius and made a great decision. But the amount of stuff online that people are saying they're so angry and they're like attacking the staff and it's like hey these people this is what it is this decision was made and these people are going out of their way to try and make this work as as smoothly as it can for your family sure it just breaks my heart and then we've got all these families especially at our school where um you know, the kids only eat at school. You know, we've got just such a huge, like, diverse population in terms of socioeconomics. And so the district has also figured out how to deliver meals to families. I mean, it's just phenomenal. So, like... I just really commend our district for what they've done, and and I I my, my heart bleeds for the staff that are working so hard, and then having to see all this stuff online that implies that they're not doing a very good job. When really, like we're all just trying to do the best we can. <laughs> for sure, grace, everyone, just a little yeah. grace, 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 and it's literally this like day by day situation. I mean, you and I have even talked about that here, like. It's just, okay, well, for today, (laughs) this is what this is. And then you have to kind of go from there. So talk to me about that, because you actually just mentioned before we started recording some things even you and your husband are doing to help this work well. And like what we we know, it's just a kerfluffle. But what are you doing to maintain some semblance of future focused parenting, some semblance of parental unity? What are the things that you've already had to put in place or that you imagine you might put in place to help this be, well, let's be honest, it's still going to be a huge impact, but maybe less of a monstrous impact. You know, it's super reminiscent of when my kids were born, I think, Um, in that you know, the idea that one person shouldn't be shouldering this load, that we need a lot of communication, and that also we're just really stretched thin and have to be kind of extra forgiving of each other. Um, So my husband, bless Dave, I mean, our listeners, if you've listened to the dad podcast, you've met my husband. Um, He was the one who said, you know, our weekly one-to-one, our like weekly meeting that we have, he was like, I think we should move it to daily for a little while. What do you Mm -hmm. think? And I was like, yes. So every single night after the kids go to bed, we sit down and go, how'd it go today? (laughs) What 
went well? What went terribly? <laughs> um, what does tomorrow look like? What does your day look like? And also, you know, I, I wouldn't say that this conversation went quite as nicely or smoothly, but I was like, I hope the expectation isn't that I'm going to be doing everything because I can't. I run a business and I have work. Mm-hmm. And just because I am the school's main point of contact does not mean that I can handle this all by myself. And he is the type of husband and partner that was like, of course not. So, you know, looking at where are the breaks in his day where I can get my work done, where you and I, Dina, can record. Um, so that kind of daily one-to-one has been huge. Um, and just that check-in of like, how are you? You know, I like made him lunch today because I was making myself some lunch and I like took him a bowl of it was macaroni and cheese because like we're running out of food. I mean, it's like, hey, it's bananas. It's and comfort food. You need yeah, comfort. I did. I was like, what I really, really need is some macaroni and cheese right now. Um, because here's the other thing, hot tip. So we are total doomsdayers at my house. My dad and I are like, we're the people that, you know, we have the four disaster kits, a map to the border in the disaster kit. You know, we're those uh-huh. people. And we thought we were really prepared. And in many ways we were like, we already had N95 masks. Yeah. <laughs> like we had all these things. But when when you think about like, can we survive on food for two weeks? There's a big difference between like, surviving on food and yes. like actually having food you want to eat. <laughs> so it's amazing how fast you run out of like fresh fruit and vegetables and stuff sure. like that. So we're like having a lot of food delivered. But then again, to protect my dad, we go to these crazy extremes and we like Lysol down all the food when it comes in the door. I mean, it's just anyway. So Dave and I have been doing a really good job, I think, of powwowing. And I think it's that, you know, we over the years of parenting have really latched on to that survival mode concept of like sometimes you just got to whack survival mode onto your life and it means forgiving yourself these things. So yes, the kids are watching a little more TV than they usually are. They're also cooped up in the house. So like, you know, we're trying to be sensitive to the fact that they're in a really unusual situation. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying really, really hard to keep telling them when my frustration is about the situation and not them, that you see me getting really frustrated. I'm not mad at you. I'm frustrated with the situation. Um, But yeah, those have been the main things. There's a lot of forgiveness of each other, of ourselves, and a real kind of like hunkering down around communication because it's just so important right now. You know, we don't know how long this is going to go on for. And we have to just kind of do the best we can in a pretty ridiculous situation. How about you guys? Well, some similarities and, of course, some differences. I don't have (laughs) eight-year-olds, and I don't have two of them. So that's something. I I actually don't have my son yet at all because he's with his dad today. So we also have this unique thing where, like, I get to gear up for it. I'm like, okay, I'm getting ready for a cranky teenager starting tomorrow. (laughs) Um, So in that way, I think it will look different. He needs a lot. He'll need a lot less. So I think the future-focused parenting piece for me is he will need probably less in terms of micro level management of his schoolwork, but he really needs a lot of macro because especially with it not being screen-based for him to just want to sit and crack a book for hours. Yeah, it's a tall order. So so there's going to have to be some definite oversight and I'm not always present because I'll still be going to my part-time job and like, you know, just things like that. So I think the the future focus piece for me will be a lot of communication with Mark yeah. and making sure I'm checking in with him, asking what he needs from me, but also just general reminders to help him stay on task without having that 
cross over into pressure because he he interprets that as pressure really easily. So I think I'm going to have to watch my my communication and all of that really closely in these next couple of weeks so that things don't fall off or get pushed to the back burner, but that it's not creating tension between he and I, because that that would only add to the stress of the situation. And I think the other thing is just helping with logistics wherever I can. One of the ways that I'm future focused in a different way with a teen is that I try to ask, what do you need from me? And then I try to try my best, note the word try, to stay hands off of the rest. But there are some really unique things for him right now with he has had some auditions that have gotten postponed or have different requirements. And so working with his agent, I'm trying to let him do as much of that as he can, but to be able to be real, like, hey, mom, I need help with this part. Or I now have have these digital sides. Can we print them while I'm with you? Or do I need to do that while I'm with dad? I mean, just interesting things like that. The other thing that he's never done, he does a lot of FaceTime and I think most teens do, but he hasn't really done a lot of group online calls. Actually, I'm not sure if he ever has. And that is how they are going to have to rehearse for the drama he is in now. Because <gasps> no, yes, seriously? Yes, oh my because gosh. all the extracurriculars are canceled. So right. the director said, get whatever props you have at home. I still want you moving on the <laughs> video call because I want you to build the muscle memory of your blocking. So, you know, helping with setting those kinds of things up for him, but then staying out of his way while he rehearses. And, you know, I think there's going to be some interesting parenting challenges for me to try to like walk that line of let me help you, but let me let you own what you can in this weirdness. And then very similar in terms of the parental unity piece. Scott and I have had a lot more touch bases and he's also been a big instrumental help to me. Kira knows, and I've probably outed myself on the show before that I'm just like a tech no. It's just a no from me. Okay. No. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just, I'm just not, it's, it doesn't mean I can't learn. And I actually am so grateful for this podcast and the opportunity at Future Focus Parenting because I have learned so much, but in general, I am not very technologically inclined. So things like setting up a new podcasting platform to do it remotely. He's been such a blessing to me, helping me got this like Bluetooth wireless headset. Although Kira knows, cause I was scolding him earlier. I am not interested in being seen with this thing on my head. And he was like <laughs> walking by and taking pictures. It was the worst. Was so, not- but he is a helper. So that's been good, but we've had to have a lot more, Hey, what's your day? Like, what's your day? Like, and he's, he's also seeing impact in his business because of being in high tech sales. He said that it's so interesting rather than people wanting to buy service agreements or products, he's having them, Hey, can you help us integrate in case we all have to work from home? (laughs) So it's just so interesting. So I've had to try to be really patient with him. He's on different calls than he would normally be. So he might have times where he needs me to be quiet. And then now that I'm podcasting from home, there's times where I need a quiet house. And literally today he left so that I could do this. So I just, I feel really grateful that we're, we're kind of working to not step on each other's toes, but respect each other's different spheres of influence. And yeah, so I'm really, I'm really grateful for that, but it yeah. is going to be, yeah, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. And his CEO has also said, you know, now all travel has to be approved through me. So Scott is Scott travels quite a bit for work. I don't know if I've said that on the show before, but you know, I, I imagine that will scale back some. He still has travel planned through March, basically, that has wow. been approved, but it's gonna be interesting just watching the weeks unfold or if any of that changes. And 
I don't know. I, I find, I honestly, I feel like the biggest thing right now is I'm like that emoji with the, with the shrugging of the shoulders. Like, I don't know, like we're supposed, we're supposed to go out of the country in May. And I'm like, I don't know if we're going, like, we just, you know, it's like, I was thinking about that us too. Can we talk for a second? Because, you know, it's been a while since you and I disagreed on the show. Um, And I wouldn't say that we disagree at all right now, but we are kind of responding to this really differently. Oh, yeah. I think our Um, approaches are very different. Very different. And I think that's kind of cool because that's one of the things we kind of pride ourselves on on the show is that people can listen and they can oftentimes get like both sides of of the opinion. So tell tell everyone a little bit about how you're coming at this. So interesting. And and I'm thankful that you wanted to bring this up because I want our listeners to hear. Well, I know you've already outed yourself as like the doomsdayer, right? <laughs> like, I'm going to take every precaution imaginable. And to be fair, you have someone literally in your home that's in that higher risk group. So to me, that yeah. really makes sense. So this comes down to wanting, and we do want this for you as FFPs and our, as our listeners to get to hear when Kira and I approach things differently, but still really respect the other person's choice. And I want to say up front, I really respect Kira's choice and understand why she's making it. And I I also want to say, though, that I'm handling it very differently. And there's a couple of reasons for that. So I'm I'm kind of approaching this situation as I'm going to just live my life until I'm told that I can't for some reason. So if there were actual let's say like martial law was enacted or we had a quarantine, something like what's happening in Italy, then of course I would abide by that. I'm a law abiding citizen. But for me right now, I'm going about my life and keeping things as normal as I can within reason. And here's why. A, I don't have Kira's situation. I don't have an older person with any kind of underlying health issues in my home. Scott and I and our teen son who's with us most of the time, uh, is, are all in what would be pretty much considered a lower risk category for a coronavirus. So that's one element of it. I think another one is I am by nature and by diagnosis an anxious person. So I, because of having OCD and some anxiety issues, for me, I'm not the kind of person where panicking and hunkering down is helpful to me, it actually would escalate me and ramp me up in a way that isn't good for me mentally and emotionally. So for me, it's actually better to conduct myself as normally as I can to keep my own anxiety level really manageable. And so that I don't kind of run away with things. There was this meme going around the internet a while ago, and I was like, that's me. And it was this girl with a cape on and it said, anxiety girl, able to leap to the worst conclusion in a single bound. (laughs) Yep, that's me. So if I were to immediately like stockpile all my groceries and huddle in and self-quarantine, I'd probably actually be panicking more, which is really interesting because I I think that's maybe not as common. I, I think I might be maybe an anomaly there, but that's one element. And then admittedly, and I actually said this in the car to Kira when we were headed down to the news station last week, I do think some of my perspective and ability to maybe not quite go into this dark place is because of my faith paradigm. And I do think there is something really interesting about believing, okay, well, I believe that God already has my life planned out and knows how long I'm going to live. And what is decided is decided. And I can kind of rest in that. And so I don't feel as panicky, I think, as I might if I weren't a Christian. And I I don't know how much that plays in, but I think it's an element. And that's why I shared it with her when we were driving. 
because I, I think it I think it's a feature for me is there's this different kind of piece because I'm not the boss of what's going to happen anyway. So I don't feel as compelled to try to put all the scaffolding around it. So, OK, I have a question. Have of a question. course, of course. Unsurprisingly, I have a question. So with the faith piece, because what mm-hmm. fascinates me about that aspect of the faith stuff is that if it's all planned out, then I guess I'm thinking like we have a communal responsibility too, Mm -hmm. right? So at the end of the day, anybody who leaves their house is risking infecting someone who's going to then go hang out with someone who's going to go hang out with someone older who's going to die. Like that's the risk. I know that sounds really extreme, but that's the risk, right? Mm -hmm. So if the thought is like that's already planned out, God already knows that person's going to die. Then why do we are we then void of a community responsibility? Like, do we have any responsibility to each other? Oh, I love that you asked this, because I do think there's a sort of this age old question about if you believe in a sovereign God, how do you not just go to apathy? Like, what does it matter? Right. right. And and I think I think it's actually there is a very clear uh, for me, like a, a, a very clear sense of the mandate for we also have this element of like loving each other caring for each other being kind to each other and 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 looking at kind of this combination of data and the human element and so for me even though at the at the very bottom i guess if you were like building a house the very bottom for me like the foundation is it's ultimately not up to me but the house that i'm building on that foundation is I still have a job to do, which means I don't be an idiot and not wash my hands or, <laughs> you know, I, I don't unnecessarily go into a crowd. And I, and I think that's the thing is that like underneath there's a different maybe calmness, but mm. on top of that is what you still do as a practical member of a community. And I think even maybe even in some ways, I feel extra strong about that as a Christian because I have a responsibility to other people. I'm, I'm not interested in being selfish and having it be all about me. And I, I want to be honoring and respectful of the world that I'm in and the world that God's placed me in. So for me, it is an unquestioningly that I'm actually on on the same page with the community element. And it's more just that underneath, I'm not going to this like ultimate fear that I think I would tend toward as an anxious person. Sure. It's like God's got you. Yes. Yes. How you feel or God's not got you, but then that's what God had planned for you. Yeah. Or like (laughs) if if I'm supposed to get it, I'm going to get it, but it doesn't mean I'm going to not try to be careful. I mean, I think, I think that's prudence, right? We were talking about that as a value. I guess that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like if... If you're going to get it because that's God's plan for you, then you're going to get it. Then why bother washing your hands? Because, like, you aren't in control. So why make any choices that suggest that you are? That's an interesting question. I don't I don't really struggle with that dichotomy the way I think somebody who's outside of it does. Because I definitely still feel a responsibility. And I, I also feel that there's... Uh, just a wisdom piece. I don't know. Prudence is the word that I'm thinking of, maybe because we recently talked about that with values. But I think being cavalier is also really flying in the face mm. of of mm-hmm. respect for other people and respect for God. Like I I don't I yeah, I, I just sense. I just don't I don't take that part lightly. Like just going ah, who cares? Life is so precious, and I think I feel that extra in in so many arenas. Like as as a believer, that I just I think it's so irresponsible to just be cavalier with it. So it, it, it doesn't 
butt up against that for me. But the question really makes sense to me. And I can, I can see the question and, and I'm not being articulate at all, but I, I'm just, no, okay. you I'm didn't just know saying, I was ask you that. <laughs> no, and, <laughs> but it's a lot, it's a lot of, it, it's actually pretty muddy in some sense for me because a lot of this mixes together. I'm, I'm an anxious person, so I would never not wash my hands. Even if I believe in a God that's like, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die. <laughs> like, I, I just, I can't go there. And that, and that's maybe partly just to do with my personality. So I'm not really making like a theological argument or a data-based argument. I'm saying for me, I'm answering honestly that my approach is different than yours, but I think some of it is wiring, some of it is belief, and that those things intersect almost like a Venn diagram. So while I can take a lot of comfort in knowing that my future is secure and that that outcome ultimately I don't have control over, I would never, for the way I am as a person, not still be careful, take precautions, be wise, be considerate of others. It's it's really interesting. Like I, uh, yeah, I and I I can imagine that that faith piece is so comforting. And, and, and we've talked about this before, like at any hard time to feel like some someone, something has your back, like we all want to feel that. I mean, I, I, I completely understand how that can be really helpful in a situation like this. So I'm glad, I'm really glad you have that. <laughs> I wish well, I, I did. I really wish you had a co-host who was like super smart with all the doctrine and the, and could probably explain it in such a more beautiful way than me because there you are really asking this kind of deep centuries old question of how <laughs> do welcome. you how do you not go to apathy no i'm serious i mean it's a question people wrestle with even now and and what i'm giving you is a very unsatisfactory answer which is part of why i can't go to apathy is i'm too scared so you know so i, I just, so i think i think i, I just want to out out that and just say i'm so sorry that that is not sufficient and i recognize that it's not a scholarly answer it's just the truth my it's the truth for me <laughs> sure no that makes perfect it's so funny so essentially okay here's what's fascinating about what you just said so if essentially like all of this for you is is mildly rooted in fear right mm -hmm. and and yet i'm the one sort of behaving like yes. <laughs> the fear-based individual <laughs> Oh, that's that's right? awesome. What an incisive <laughs> observation, Kira. Oh, my goodness. That's why it's bananas. Seriously, this is bananas. My friend Kelly gave me that word. I cannot claim it, but it is my new favorite word because there is no other way to describe what's happening right now. Oh, my sister uses it all the time. So Siobhan, shout out to you because I do think this is perfect for bananas. I mean, that's, this is, it's upside down, but I think here's what it comes back to, which is why I'm glad you asked the question about like our different approaches is that everyone is going to respond to a crisis differently and there has to be a lot of room and we have to give people a wide berth for, you know what, you might, want to stay in your house. You might want to go out and about. You might be really careful with hand washing. For you, it might be this other thing. I mean, I, I think we're all going to, and it's on a continuum. It's not even two ends of the spectrum. We happen to re represent kind of, I think, two more diverse sides, but there's a lot in the middle too, right? Like people who are like, I'm not, I'm not staying in my home, but I'm canceling this, that, and the other thing and just really limiting certain things. I mean, there's just so many different responses. And I think in a time where our country and our world is kind of all united around a like, okay, here's this big thing. What do we do with it? The 
the best gift we can offer each other is kindness about those different choices. I think one Thank of the things you. that's been frustrating for me is watching people fight about the response yes. when when really let's be united against the actual problem. Let's attack the problem, not each other. Well, and I think you're saying know. that because this is exactly what I'm feeling. And I kind of touched on it when I talked about the school district and like the way people are throwing all the shade at the staff. And it's like, guys, this is a time of coming together. And I love what you said. This is not a right or wrong. This is everyone's got their own story. And you move through the world and someone who doesn't maybe know that you have anxiety might not understand why you're choosing to live your life normally. Someone who doesn't know that I have a vulnerable person in my home might not understand why I'm acting like a crazy person. So can we just stop judging each other and go, hey, I'm glad you're doing what you need to do to feel okay right now. How can I support you? Like this is so simple. Instead of trashing each other and putting everybody down and putting out all this, you know, research says this and research, shut up. Everybody just shut up. I want to drop an <laughs> F-bomb so badly right now. You, you are know. showing admirable self-restraint. I am. You know, but just everybody, cool it and let's come together. Because whether you think this is no big deal, there are people out there that think it's a very big deal. So can we show them kindness? And if you think this is a very big deal and there are people that aren't acting like it's a big deal, can we show them some kindness too? Like, can everyone just be kind? Is this yes. so hard? Really? Yes, let's be kind. So... That's all I got to say today. Well, I don't know if, if this was helpful to any of you. <laughs> but here's I feel the, better having just had a chance to talk but about here's it. What, here's what I do hope you got, FFPs. I hope you got some real because you, Kira and I often come to you probably – I think sound hopefully sounding somewhat articulate and polished. And here we are Not like both <laughs> just like, whoa, what is going on? And so we really strive to be real with you as our listeners. And that was an important piece of today. So you got the real and hopefully you did get some examples of what you could be doing with your parenting partner. If you have one, what do you maybe even just need to do with your own sanity? But also I think this overarching message of how can you be kind to your community and, and be respectful of how people are handling this because it's, it's going to look different for everyone. So maybe somewhere in there was something helpful. That's our hope. And we are really committed to continuing to bring you content through this issue. So please still, watch for episodes from us each week and we just are so glad that you're still tuning in and maybe you have extra time to tune in who knows you might also be stuck at home and able to listen to podcasts at times you normally couldn't yes this is a great time to subscribe and binge, binge yeah, that's right binge away raising adults fest 2020 right. and we have such a cool guest next week um, oh, because yes. we actually had already recorded this interview and it's it's up and ready to go so next monday Dina, you have to tell everyone about our guest oh, next Monday. Yes, she's so I'm great. Too excited for this. Okay, so next week we have a professor of anthropology from Northwestern, and her name is Shalini Shankar, and she has done fascinating, cutting edge research on Generation Z, which is about 1996-ish babies all the way up through about 2012. She'll get more clear on the dates when we talk to her. But why I'm excited for you guys to listen to this is many of you are parenting Gen Zers. And even if you're not, she does an incredible job of breaking down what it's like to parent into the next generation. Because ultimately, all of us are parenting kids whose world looks different than ours did. And so it's really helpful. But I do also have just like a fun nerd out connection with her because she wrote a book about the National Spelling Bee. And everyone knows I'm a word nerd. So you'll get to hear us chat just briefly about that. But she's amazing. And she's going to do a book giveaway too, right? Yes, she is. announce next week. Yes, we'll announce that next week. 
uh, as part of our Tuesday tip series. So be watching for that. And she's actually going to give away an autographed copy of her book. So that's really special. So we're looking forward to having Shalini with us. Uh, and that will air on the 23rd. Right. So if you haven't followed us on Facebook and you're interested in entering the book giveaway, you're going to want to follow us um, on Facebook or Instagram because that's where we're going to run the giveaway. And that is at Future Focused Parenting. Don't forget to subscribe. If you haven't hit subscribe yet, please do. And remember, we love your reviews. So new reviews get put up on social media. So do leave us a new review um, if you haven't left one before. I think we should stop now. I do too. That was long, unintendedly so. (laughs) Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and brought to you today partly in the laundry room and partly in Dina's bonus room. Music by Seattle band Hannah Lee. Thanks for listening.